What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be going through some of the top waiver wire targets heading into week 11 of the NFL season. And you know, every week, the uh, quality of waiver wire pickups varies. Some weeks it's a little thinner. Honestly, this week, I feel like we have a pretty solid crop of players, especially at the running back wide receiver positions. And then also the uh, defensive streaming options, I think are pretty strong this week. So I think this is a good opportunity for you guys to go out and kind of improve your fantasy rosters um, while you guys are making a push towards the playoffs. If you guys have any questions, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be just waiver wire. It could be uh, trade advice. It could be start sits. If you drop it down below, I will get back to you. And then I do just want to talk about underdog fantasy football. As you guys probably know, if you use the link in the description or I use code Quinn when you're signing up, they will double your first deposit up to $100. They have some pickums up for the uh, Monday night football game. In my opinion, I think it gives you something to kind of root for, cheer for when you uh, you know may not normally be super invested. So one of the plays that I like this week is the uh, Terry McLaurin over under on his receiving yards. So right now it's sitting at 54 and a half. When I'm looking at this line in a game where the uh, commanders are probably gonna be trailing, they'll likely need to go pretty pass heavy in the uh, three games that Terry has played with Taylor Heineke, he has gone over that number in all three of them, putting up 73, 113, and then 56 receiving yards. Consistent targets, 8, 8, and 9. I think this is a great opportunity for McLaurin to hit the uh, over on that 54 and a half receiving yards. So if you guys want to take that play also, uh, link in the description or use code Quinn. But let's uh, jump into the first position, starting off with some running back waiver wire targets. And we've got to start it off with my guy, Rashad White. Every single week I come on here, I say, you guys need to pick up Rashad White. He's this great handcuff. Over the last few weeks, I've been pushing the idea that he's starting to eat into Lenny's carries. Right now, he is still only sitting at 24.3% ownership. And he actually got the start in this game. Now, Fournette, when he was healthy, was you know pretty neck and neck. I think he actually was a little bit ahead in terms of the opportunities in the uh, snaps, but still Rashad White was very involved. But we have Leonard Fournette leave with a hip injury. Rashad White fills in for the rest of the game, 22 carries, 105 yards. He didn't add anything uh, through the air, but he had a 50% route participation, which is very strong. And he is a very solid pass catcher. We know that from his uh, days in college and the fact that the Bucks have um, opted to use him on third downs as of late. So I think Rashad White has got to be the uh, number one pickup this week. Because even if Fournette is going to miss like a week or two, I still think this is an opportunity where Rashad White can step in and potentially just straight up steal that number one role from Leonard Fournette. So Rashad White, in my opinion, is the number one pickup. And then we have Gus Edwards, and I really just don't understand how this guy is only owned in 34.1% of leagues. I know he went down with injury. I know he missed a game, then he had a bye week. But it seems likely that he is going to lead this team in touches at the running back position. And it also seems likely that he will be back to play in week 11. It's very rare where you have a guy who's going to lead a backfield just like sitting out on waivers, especially a guy who had a very strong game in his return, you know, coming off the ACL tear. So I think Gus Edwards is someone who can be picked up and potentially just thrown into your starting lineup. And you typically cannot find that off of waivers. The next running back is going to be Isaiah Pacheco, who was owned in only 23.2% of leagues. He came out, um, led the Chiefs backfield with a 56% snap share. Basically looking at this backfield, CEH is just cooked. Like it seems like they're just done with him. He's the RB3 at this point. 
We had Jarek McKinnon, who was very involved as a pass catcher, but they actually ran a similar number of routes. Pacheco was not targeted, but he did have that 40% route participation. The way Pacheco is going to provide value is on the ground. He carried the ball 16 times. Now, when you don't get any receiving involvement and you don't get into the end zone, it's not exactly going to lead to great production. But if he can maintain that role and CEH continues to, you know, just be out of this offense, he's definitely worth, you know, being rostered and could be plug and played in specific matchups, you know, uh, potentially poor run defenses. Now, moving over to Alexander Madison, who is owned in 25.8% of leagues. This is just a straight up handcuff play, but we know, you know, heading into the playoffs, these are the types of players you want to be picking up. Instead of having some random wide receiver six on your team, just pick up an Alexander Madison who could become a top 12 running back if an injury happens in front of him. And then the final running back is going to be Jalen Warren, owned in 11.5% of leagues. He's basically in a solid split here with Najee Harris. He had a 43% snap share. He's taken the third downs. They actually split the uh, goal line snaps, which is kind of notable. And he also had nine carries, three targets. Now this offense, I don't think isn't explosive enough or high scoring enough where you can play Warren in this limited role, but it's the fact that he is getting week to week involvement and then has the upside if Najee Harris does go down ahead of him. Now switching over to the wide receiver position, we have got to start it off by talking about Kadarius Toney. I think he actually slipped under that 50% ownership percentage. Um, you know, sometime last week after, you know, a down game in his first opportunity with the Chiefs, because right now he is owned in 47.8% of leagues, and he only played in uh, 44% of the snaps of this game, only had a 43% route participation, but he turned that into five targets, four receptions, 57 receiving yards, a receiving touchdown, and then carried the ball twice for 33 yards. So, you know, it may be a little bit concerning that the overall usage isn't there in terms of the snaps, especially when you take into account that McCole Hardman did not play in this game, and then Juju left fairly early on. But in my opinion, I'm going to look on the uh, bright side here. He is just a stud player when he has the ball in his hands. I think the Chiefs are going to get him more and more involved. I honestly think like the way they're using McCole Hardman, I feel like Kadarius Tony is just a straight up better fit in that role. So I think he's going to continue to build on his usage. And I think he could be someone who turns into a viable start. I think this is a great fit when you look at his skill set. And I do think he is worth, you know, probably the number one wide receiver pickup. The only guy who I think could maybe compare is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Actually, to be fair, there's a lot of solid uh, options here. So it's kind of just, you know, picking what type of guy you like. But looking at Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's owned in 20.8% of leagues, coming off of a five-catch, 99-yard game. And honestly, when you look at this dude's stat lines, he's had a pretty impressive uh, season yardage-wise. He just hasn't scored the touchdowns, so the fantasy numbers haven't looked great. He's put up at least 50 receiving yards in the past six weeks, and he's also put up that number in six out of nine games this year. So I don't know if he's startable right now with Brissett at quarterback, but with Deshaun Watson returning in the next few weeks, looking at how impressive he's been with Brissett at quarterback... I don't think it's impossible that he's like a top 24 guy once Watson does return. So I definitely think he is worth a pickup. Now, another guy who, you know, is definitely worth a pickup here, Christian Watson, owned in 5.8% of leagues. He's had a rough start. You know, he's had some drops. He even had some drops early in this game. He's had a ton of injuries. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. But we know he's a very talented kind of raw prospect as a rookie here. But with all the injuries to the uh, Packers wide receivers, 
He steps in, has an 88% route participation. I think it actually would have been even higher. I think he had to come out for a play or two um, due to you know a potential injury. But he's targeted eight times, catches four of them for 107 yards and three touchdowns. This was a huge coming out party for Christian Watson. And you know, there are some clear pros and cons here. He may not be ready, you know, for this huge role, but it's the fact that he is going to have the opportunity with all the injuries around him. He just had this huge breakout game. You're playing with Aaron Rodgers. The wide receiver room is super thin. We are going to find out if Christian Watson is that guy or not. And you guys know my philosophy with rookie wide receivers. If they start to show us that they are good and, you know, startable for fantasy, we have to listen and we want to go pick them up. So Christian Watson really should not be available anywhere on waivers because just the ceiling this man has, if he can put it together, like the wide receiver one for Aaron Rodgers, if he can figure it out, it's a very valuable role. I know Al Nazard has that on lock right now, but in terms of raw talent, like there's not many wide receivers who can compare with Christian Watson. And I don't think Lazard can if Watson, you know, does hit as a stud prospect. So I think Watson definitely should be picked up. Another wide receiver who should be looked at is Paris Campbell, who is owned in 22.6% of leagues. He comes out, has a 90% raw participation. And with Matt Ryan at quarterback, Campbell has just been a stud. So his last three games with Matt Ryan at quarterback, he had seven receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown, 10 receptions for 70 yards and a touchdown, and then seven receptions for 76 yards and a touchdown. So definitely worth, you know, being rostered at this point. And then the final wide receiver is going to be Darius Slayton, who was owned in under 5% of leagues, only in 4.6. And this hurts me as someone who, you know, is very high on Wondell Robinson. I've talked about him in these videos a ton, but at this point, it just looks like Darius Slayton is the guy in this offense. Over the last five weeks, these are his stat lines. Six for 79, one for 18 was his one down game then three for 58 and a touchdown, five for 66, and then three for 95 and a touchdown. So definitely something to look at. And since the ownership percentage is so low, he may honestly be available in you know more competitive leagues. Now switching over to the quarterback position, we've got two streaming options, one long-term play. Jimmy Garoppolo only owned in 35.9% of leagues. I just think he's going to be a solid weekly streaming option. Even in a game where the 49ers offense wasn't really clicking, you know, it wasn't firing on all cylinders, he was still giving you solid fantasy production. Then we have Deshaun Watson, who was owned in 28.1% of leagues. I believe, uh, I may have this wrong, but I think I'm correct here. I believe he's able to return to practice today, and then he can uh, play in week 13. So we're starting to get closer and closer to Deshaun Watson's return. And, you know, if you are able to roster him on the bench where he's just able to sit there, I do think he's worth a pick up at this point, especially if you don't have great quarterbacks, you know, uh, starting in your lineup. And then the third quarterback is going to be Marcus Mariota, who is owned in 37.6% of leagues. On the season, he's averaging 15 and a half points per game. So nothing crazy, but he does match up against the Bears defense in week 11. We've seen, you know, this Bears defense can be susceptible to some big games, especially, you know, after the moves they made at the trade deadline. So I think if you need a streamer, Mariota, you know, isn't a terrible option. Now switching over to the tight end position, I wouldn't say it's a stacked week for the tight ends, but we do have Cole Komet, who is owned in 38.5% of leagues, coming off a back-to-back 22 plus point, two touchdown games. So just back-to-back monster performances out of Cole Komet. Now, I do think he came out of the game late, but from what I saw, it didn't appear to be like a super serious injury. It seemed like he just got kneed in his thigh 
and that kind of hurt him for the moment. So obviously if we're hearing news about a more serious injury, then disregard. But I do think looking at the options here, he's probably one of the better pickups. Another guy who I think could be worth a pickup is Hayden Hurst, who is owned in 48% of leagues. He just is going to slot in as a weekly, you know, fringe play. He gets a semi-stable amount of volume week to week. And then he also has the touchdown upside in the uh, Bengals offense. Now getting into some more desperate options, we have Foster Moreau, who is owned in 10.7% of leagues. He catches three passes for 43 yards and a touchdown. I do think he potentially could fill the role of like a weekly stream, especially when you're looking at this Raiders offense, you know, with Hunter Renfro on IR, Darren Waller on IR, he's going to be getting, you know, a solid amount of routes. He's going to have a solid snap share. So the opportunities will be there for Moreau. Definitely not someone you love to play, but once again, you know, bye weeks, injuries, he could be a plug and play. And then the final tight end is going to be Jawan Johnson owned in 8.2% of leagues. You know, I've kind of uh, left him off of these uh, waiver wire videos over the last few weeks. He has put up 12 plus points in three of the last four weeks. He has been very touchdown dependent. The volume isn't really there consistently, but you know, at this point he's getting involved. They're targeting him near the end zone. So, you know, deeper leagues, super desperate, cleared out waiver wire, Jawan Johnson, someone to look at. Now, switching over to the defenses, the final position, like I said, I think there are some solid uh, streaming options here, starting off with the Bengals who are owned in 38% of leagues going up against the Steelers, rougher offense going up against the Bengals defense, which has been pretty solid this season. Commanders owned in 17.6% of leagues, not exactly buying into the commanders here. It's the fact that they are playing the Texans. It's always seems like a solid bet to, uh, you know, plug in the defense that is matching up against the Texans. We have the Broncos owned in 49.1% of leagues going up against the Raiders. We know this Broncos defense is very, very strong. We also know the Raiders offense, very inconsistent. Uh, So I think the Broncos are a solid play. Then we have the Jets owned in 31.1% of leagues going up against the Patriots. Jets defense has been very tough this year. Patriots offense pretty up and down, you know, potentially some suspect quarterback play. And then the final streamer, the Rams owned in 33.8% of leagues going up against the Saints. So that is going to wrap it up for my top waiver wire picks. If you guys want to sign up for underdog, play some pickums, some weekly drafts, link in the description or use code Quinn. As always, thank you guys for stopping by. If you want to check out my trade targets and sell highs, those are going to be up later today. But thank you guys again, and I'll see you in the next one.